0: So, I've been delaying going here, but at some stage during the course I feel we have to address it, because it's important. I think the course would be lacking something fundamental if we didn't touch on it. But before we do that, i have to make some very important disclaimers, not for my protection, but for yours. And it may seem like I'm going over the top and being a bit melodramatic, but... I just, I want to do this right, and if it doesn't affect you, it might be important for someone else listening. So I beg your indulgence and patience while I say what I've got to say, okay? First of all, a quick content warning. Today we're going to be discussing emotional trauma. I won't be referencing any specific events, just the concept of trauma, but that's where we're heading, and I understand that that feels a bit much right now. So don't worry, be kind to yourself, do what's right for you. As a subset of that you have my permission to skip today's exercise if you want or need to. Of course, I've no power to make you do any of the exercises, but I'm explicitly giving you permission to skip today if you want. You don't need a reason. You don't need to justify your decision. If you don't feel like it, don't do it. It won't damage what you get out of this course. I won't assume you've done it as we move forward. So no guilt, no criticising yourself if you decide you don't want to. There are lots of ways to approach the craft. Every writer needs patience and self-compassion though. So at worst, today might be an opportunity for you to put those qualities into practice. Uh, Last of all, I'm not a trained therapist. I I know none of you thought I was, but uh, just to say that out loud and make it explicit. I don't have a degree in psychology. I'm not physically there with you as you go through this course that last one you've probably guessed it would be weird if I were just sitting behind you every time you listen to the podcast quietly observing don't no don't look over your shoulder I'm not here there I'm not there um what I'm saying is this is a course about fiction writing about getting better at it and about building a more healthy productive relationship with it it's not therapy it's not a substitute for professional help and I don't have the skill set to help you in that way Can fiction writing have a positive impact on your life? Yes, absolutely. More on that in a minute. But that's a semi-accidental product of what we're doing, which is trying to write it well for an audience and sometimes for a paying audience. And while I have lots of experience of delivering the latter, I make no claims for my ability to deliver the former. I'm not selling you a lifestyle here. This isn't a pyramid scheme or an online e-commerce opportunity. God, I'd be so much richer if it was. So if you're struggling psychologically seek professional guidance and support um, this last year uh, I've had to do that myself um, and I'm you know I'm still having to do it and I still struggle I'm on, but I'm on meds uh, I've made big lifestyle changes in consultation with my doctor and although I've got a long way to go you know I had a wobble this morning because I had a late night Um, it has made a huge difference uh, but just because I've been through all that and I'm still working on it, and I've got some insight, doesn't mean I'm qualified to give that kind of advice or help to others, and I'm absolutely not trying to. I only bring it up just to say, you know, if you can, you know, go and get help, it can really help you out, okay? Anyway, right, that is the disclaimer over. In the 80s, psychologist James W. Pennebaker conducted studies with his associate Sandra Beale, at Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas. Student participants were divided into groups and asked to write for 15 minutes a day. One group was asked to write about something trivial, like describing the room they were in. The next three groups were asked to write about their traumatic experiences. One group was asked just to vent their emotions about the experiences. One was asked to write unemotionally about specific events that had been traumatic, and the third group were asked to write about specific events and their emotions about those events, both at the time and now, looking back. Students in this final group were told to write continuously about the most upsetting or traumatic experience of your entire life, something that has affected you very deeply. They were told not to worry about spelling, punctuation and grammar. It is critical, they were told, that you let yourself go and touch those deepest emotions and thoughts that you have. In other words, write about what happened and how you felt about it then and how you feel about it now. If they ran out of things to write, they should return to the beginning of the memory and start again, perhaps phrasing it a little differently. Now, initially, the people in this last of the four groups felt worse after their writing sessions, which isn't surprising, right? Some students cried as they wrote. Some reported dreaming about their writing over the study's four days. Students in the other three groups, that is, writing about trivial things, venting emotions, or writing dispassionately about personal trauma, initially felt more positive about their writing. But Pennebaker and Beale checked up on their participants after the study was finished and made some startling discoveries. Four months later, the students who had wrote Linking Events to Feelings reported overall significant improvements in mood. They were more positive, had more energy and many felt that they had resolved a difficult issue. Six months after the end of the study Pennybaker and Beale discovered that visits by the students in the final group to the University Health Centre had dropped by 50%. For all the other groups their visits stayed roughly the same Further studies showed that for students who wrote about traumatic events in detail while exploring their feelings about those events, there was increased congruence in brainwave activity between the left and right hemispheres, as if emotional and linguistic information was being processed and integrated simultaneously. They also showed boosted immune systems with increased T-lymphocyte production in response to the foreign mitogens phytohemagglutinin and conca... Cav- Cannavalin a. I have no idea whether I pronounced either of those correctly in fact I've got a pretty good idea that I didn't but I'm just saying them out loud so you know this isn't just junk bullshit science there have been over 200 follow-up studies and Pennebaker and Beale's results have been widely replicated and validated but it doesn't stop there several studies have been done where people get this little four millimeter punch biopsy where they like pop a little circular wound into your arm or whatever and participants who engage in expressive writing with emotional disclosure two weeks prior to get, receiving that punch biopsy, um, the wound heals faster than a control group. There's a lesser but significant effect if people start the expressive writing after receiving the wound, but the earlier they start, the bigger results they see. So writing can literally help you to heal, not just emotionally, but physically. Look, there's and there's lots of debate about what might be going on, whether holding in trauma or feelings you haven't dealt with causes stress, which inhibits healing and immune responses and depletes your immune system and makes you sad. And all that makes intuitive sense. Right. Except that studies haven't shown a difference between people who write about previously undisclosed traumas and people who write about ones they've already talked about and been very open with people. But weirder still, studies have shown psychological and health benefits for people who write about completely imaginary traumas that never happened. Not as much as people who write about real ones in their life, but the effect is still observable and there and statistically significant, so it can't be entirely explained by stress that's held in being released um, unless of course those imaginary traumas were sort of secretly useful metaphors through which someone could slyly explore something too painful for them to confront directly but still right I don't know I, I, I I'm not a scientist I um, don't have the background to perform a an astute and informed meta-analysis of all this data however it does seem, as far as I can tell, and I've spent time researching this because I didn't want to just do a shit job, it seems the effects are real. Um, For the today's purposes of today's e- episode, I did a lot of reading because I know, especially in psychology, any supposed sort of received wisdom or r- revelation in a magazine article about some- how something works often proves far more complicated when you drill down into the literature and there's usually more debate than, you know, the newspaper headline has room for and there's more nuance effects might be statistically significant but that doesn't necessarily translate into huge and permanent change it just might be a small observable change that for most people would be negligible but look I I, I, I don't have access to uh, academic or research papers because I don't want to pay hundreds of quid but from what I've read and the stuff I've gone through as far as I know, it's been studied and replicated, you know, in by reputable universities. And although there's lots of debate on uh, why it works and what mechanism is behind it, there's very little uh, disputation that it does work. And, and, and that strategy of connecting a specific detailed account of events with the author's feelings in the moment and also their feelings now reflecting on it as an older person, it creates powerful writing for readers. It, it's solid compositional theory as it happens. You know, it, it's a good formula for writing well. It's a, because Maybe because it's a very, very human way of approaching these things. So the reason I'm telling you all this is because today I'm suggesting and proposing that we do, that you do, a version of Pennebaker and Beale's study, if you want. Remember, students in the final group initially felt worse. And I was browsing the abstract of one of those punch biopsy studies, of which there have been several, and it says that expressive writing initially inhibits healing. Quote, expressive writing causes effect to worsen, followed by subsequent improvement, and it is important to consider this in the timing of intervention delivery. But my suggestion is that uh, if you want, if you're ready for it, we do this exercise as it's commonly framed today and in the final three days of this week, just like in the original study, Uh, because I think it might be useful for you. I think uh, engaging with difficult things is important for a writer and I think it might be genuinely helpful for you, uh, not just for the psychological benefits, but for your writing however and this is a big underlined however if you'd rather not that's fine you could if you prefer write about an imaginary trauma as we've discussed that can have similar if um slightly less pronounced effects or you can simply use this time for some free writes where you explore emotions and emotive experiences in a way you feel is right for you you might like to write about some very positive joyous memories you feel thankful for gratitude journaling is another practice that's been shown to improve mood uh asterisk Uh, there are some certain ways that you're supposed to do it and uh it's it's not just about writing down your good feelings uh and yeah anyway i won't go into that in detail but just so you know i'm being rigorous about this and not just saying gratitude journaling is is writing about happy memories there's a bit it's a bit more complicated than that but look happiness is one of the hardest emotions to write about well so goodness knows it would be valuable to work on it as a writer so i'm not just fobbing you off with a shit thing to do while the rest of us do the real one. Uh, I think that's genuinely valuable as well. I'm offering it as an alternative. Or you can take this time off, if you prefer. Look after yourself. Speak to people you trust if you need to. Look, you're a wonderful, valuable human being. And and writing has no impact on that one way or the other. It can't make you more precious and miraculous and valuable. It cannot, if you're bad at it or don't do it, can't make you any less valuable you're as a human being that is your birthright you are incredible you're a miracle you've been through so much and learned so much already that is an inalienable value that you have okay shut up Tim come on but I mean I mean that but sorry (laughs) but look, look look if you'd like to try the original version of the exercise as I'm suggesting it I'll repeat the brief again I should say, if you're uncomfortable writing this material down in your notebook, you can always pause the podcast now and find some lined or scrap paper or break out your laptop. So whatever you write, you can easily keep confidential, whether it's, you know, folding the pages up and hiding them somewhere or, or passwording the file. Not that you think people are going to be like searching it down, but sometimes I do those things as a sort of just, it's just a slight kind of crossing my fingers and superstition, but it's just a way of helping myself to feel reassured and helping myself to let go anyway here are the instructions adapted from a sort of generic example given on wikipedia write your very deepest thoughts and feelings about the most traumatic experience of your entire life or an extremely important emotional issue that has affected you and your life in your writing i'd like you to really let go and explore your deepest emotions and thoughts Write about the event or events in detail, be vivid, include any strong sensory memories you have. You might tie your topic to your relationships with others, including parents, lovers, friends or relatives, to your past, your present or your future, or to who you have been, who you would like to be or who you are now. So that's the brief do it or don't do it you're not a better or worse writer or person whichever you choose all i suggest is that if you do decide to do it commit wholeheartedly you can pause the podcast if you like now and then take a moment to think if you need to right you've got 10 minutes and your time starts now And You can stop. How are you doing? I uh, I suggest getting up, having a stretch, rolling your shoulders, going and grabbing a cup of tea or some juice or water or whatever. Fantastic work today, well, whichever thing you chose to do in the end. Thanks for sticking with me through what must have felt like a slightly portentous and uh, even vaguely ridiculous build up. I hope you understand that. I just want to do right by you and offer a framework for those who want to explore their more difficult emotions uh, and I want to lock in for you you know what's important and vital and powerful in your writing and in your life the real gutsy stuff that connects with a reader so you know I just I just wanted to do it in a way that was respectful and mindful of everyone is listening so it's accessible for all of you and not just some okay anyway that's enough from me you are super wonderful I'll see you tomorrow.